This is the MLW Radio Network. All right, guys, Mike Freeland here from Front Row Material Podcast, and just wanted to kind of bring you guys kind of an extra episode or a bonus episode of the developing news that's happening right now in the state of Florida. As a lot of you know, the coronavirus has affected the wrestling industry uh, extensively, and specifically the WWE. Now, if you are following the timeline of how everything has happened, WWE was originally deemed a non-essential business in the state of Florida. However, they were then deemed to be a essential business. They reversed protocol on that. Now, you can look at that on many different perspectives. You can either look at it from a political standpoint, or you can look at it from the standpoint that they are an entertainment industry and their services are vital to fans out there right now, especially in the time that we're in. Well, today, at the time of this recording on Tuesday, it has been discovered through the commissioner's office in Orange County, Florida, that an anonymous WWE employee has reached out to the commissioner's office and uh, has stated that they believe that there are some uh, unsafe working conditions as far as the distancing, the social distancing when it comes to this. So I had an opportunity to reach out and talk to a reporter down in Florida who has been working on this specifically. His name is John Alba. And uh, here's the interview I had with John regarding the issue. John, let me ask you a question here. When this whole WWE thing started to break, what was your initial thoughts as far as, wait a minute, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense about being an essential business? Well, we had actually started an investigative report on this going back to, I want to say, last Saturday. So not this past Saturday, but the Saturday prior, around the time that Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful uh, reported on the positive coronavirus test because I, I had had a few within WWE that I know reach out to me and just say, hey, you know, uh, it's something about this just kind of seems odd and, and that we're still running tapings despite all of these circumstances going on. And again, I cover pro wrestling outside of just what I do for work as a normal sports reporter. So I had pitched this as an investigative piece just as something to look into because because this is something that people within the company had brought up. And and that's not to say that, you know, there was any, um, as, as so many on Twitter seem to tell me bias or, or, uh, you know, targeted reporting or anything. It's just when, when you are notified of something as a journalist, it's your job to go and try to find answers. So we had started working on this and then it was last Monday that Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings had mentioned in his press conference that, WWE had initially been labeled a non-essential business, and the governor's office overrode that via executive order. And that's when we started to look further into that. And if you may recall from last week, uh, we saw some just interesting timeline uh, occurrences where the executive order that allowed WWE and other professional sports to run on April 9th was coincidentally, and it very well could be coincidentally, the same day that a... uh, Linda McMahon-led pro-Trump super PAC committed $18.5 million to the state of Florida for GOP fundraising. So, and then it was obviously the next day that Vince McMahon made the declaration, which has since been amended, that there would be live tapings every week. So, 
it was just an interesting timeline that came about. And then on Tuesday morning, it was brought to my attention by someone that the public comment had been made in the Orange County commissioners meeting. And that's where we are as of now. So kind of backtracking here a little bit, is it surprising or like you said before, you know, the people that you've talked to within WWE, are they surprised that they were still filming? Was that the sentiment or was it a sentiment of, well, it is what it is? I think if you talk to people all over the spectrum, and, and some have been very vocal about this publicly, that there are some who recognize that this is my job and I'm going to do what I have to do. And, and we're providing a service to entertain people. And this is what my job is. And, and that is a legitimate sentiment by some, but others are not quite as comfortable in doing what they're doing and understand that they have a obligation to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be comfortable doing said job. And listen, it is not my responsibility to say how people should feel about this you know as, as a journalist I'm, I'm here to report what is brought to light and and I, I just I know that there are some who are uneasy about the idea of doing live tapings in this environment and and wrestling in this environment as most would logically think is a legitimate concern and others recognize that this is their job and this is what they signed up for but you can't also dismiss the idea that whoever this anonymous complaint was that we saw on Tuesday very well, if, if it was an actual WWE employee, doesn't necessarily have to have been a pro wrestler per se. It could have been a variety of different kind of employee. Do you think in, in situations like this, based upon your experience in journalism, that it's going to be a one-off type of situation? Or do you think this could be the catalyst of other people speaking out now that this has kind of hit the mainstream? Or do you think the WWE, in your opinion, would uh, would kind of shut that down, obviously try to look for whoever was the one who reached out? What's your take on that? I mean, listen, it's it's hard to identify anyone who submits an anonymous complaint. And, and I would assume that the individual who made this complaint's actual name is not John. I don't know that for a fact, but... But I would assume that. Um, but it's totally plausible that it's not. You know, I, I, all I can say to this is, as we reported last week on Spectrum News 13, that there were several calls made to the WWE Performance Center uh, directed at the Orange County Sheriff's Department that they felt that WWE was in violation of the existing executive order when those calls were investigated, which was prior to April 9th, a couple of them. And then after April 9th, which was on, I believe, April 13th, one was called. And at that point, the Orange County Sheriff's Department couldn't do anything about it because the new executive order made WWE exempt from uh, any problems in that sense. So it's hard, you know, obviously there are people who are concerned, some within the company, many out of the company. So it, it's hard to put your fingers on just who made these calls, especially when they're anonymous. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, with WWE being as big of a company as they are, they have stated in many times that they are a influential or essential part of the economy down there in, in Florida. Would you agree with those sentiments that, that having WWE uh, open is good for economy, or do you think that's more so a narrative that's from their side of it? 
You know, listen, I mean, I'm going to be real with you. It, it really is not my job to take sides on this. It is my job to report this thoroughly. Uh, I do have a podcast, Living the Gimmick of Pro Wrestling podcast, uh, that we just dropped an episode on Tuesday, actually, uh, where I do go a little more in-depth on that kind of thing. But all I can say to that is, obviously, if WWE is running events with fans in attendance and you know that bringing people into arenas and, and bringing people into areas where a bunch of Florida workers are being put to work, then yeah, it is critical to the economy in this kind of circumstance. Is it right now? I'm not so sure about that. I spoke with Matt Morgan last week, a former uh, WWE wrestler who's currently the mayor of Longwood, Florida. And, and I asked him the exact same question. And he said right now he doesn't feel that it's as critical to the economy as things stand with these closed door tapings going on. But, but he understood the argument of, in general, WWE is critical to the economy, just maybe not at this exact time. Maybe not WWE specifically, but let's just let's just say that the sheriff's department comes across a business in general who, um, you know, is not considered essential, and they are running, and they have you know a lot of employees in there. What what is from a, a, a law standpoint? Have you heard from the sheriff's office outside of telling people, "Hey, this is it, close down, everybody go home." Is there anything else that law enforcement actually can do, or is that basically the extent at this time? I'm not really sure the answer to that question. I, I think what you said is pretty much what happened, where the Orange County Sheriff's Department said to WWE, "Hey, you're in violation of this. You can't do this anymore." But at that point come the last call, the new executive order had been filed that enabled them to run. So how they got around that, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know the answer to that. I think if we did know the answer to that, we obviously have a lot more answers out there. Um, but it, it's just kind of circumstantially what happened. And again, I, I can't stress this enough. This executive order that's allowing WWE to do this does, is not just for WWE. It is for any pro sport entity or entertainment entity that has a national audience in Florida that wants to run is given permission to run. It's just a matter of no one else has really done that just yet at this moment in time. AEW pre-taped programming, which is coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. So we'll see what they do. I reached out to AEW last week on kind of what they were planning to do and, and they did not get back to me. So I don't know what their plan is. We know they canceled Double or Nothing in Las Vegas and still plan to run it. So it's totally possible they could resume in Florida or with the new executive order signed in Georgia this week as well. Georgia, they'd be allowed to run as well, it seems. So so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes to that. Uh, kind of final question here. Do you think there's going to be any comments? I mean, have you had a chance to reach out to WWE yet about this anonymous person? Or do you think that may be something that you may be looking into further? Uh, yeah, our, our team over at News 13 in Florida reached out to WWE for comment. At time of this recording, we have not received comment. I know there have been some moving pieces within WWE in the last week, obviously, with the widespread uh, releases that were done. Many of those obviously on camera, but there were a lot of people behind the scenes as well that were released that very well could slow that process. And uh, again, folks, you know, for those, cause I really have gotten a wide array of messages about this. I, I just want to stress this, that this is something that factually happened. Someone brought a complaint to this official government meeting that happened, whether the complaint was from a WWE employee as claimed or not, 
there's no way of us really knowing at this moment in time because of the nature of it being anonymous. But it is fact that it was brought up publicly. It was the only public comment on the agenda in this particular meeting. So uh, for that reason alone, it is newsworthy in that sense. Absolutely. And now how did it come to your attention? Did somebody reach out to you or how did that ball start to get rolling? Um, I had been made aware of it. Uh, but again, the, the meeting was broadcast publicly. Right. So and any in theory, anyone who watched it could have seen it. So, yeah. Well, John, I tell you what, we do appreciate you taking time to talk to us, and it's it's definitely a newsworthy topic. Is there any chance at some point down the road we might be able to chat with you again? Sure, no doubt. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, your, you said you mentioned your podcast. What is your contact information as far as if anybody would like to go ahead and tune in and listen to you? Sure, well, you can find me on Twitter, at John Alba, or on Facebook, John Alba Multimedia Journalist, J-O-N-A-L-B-A. Uh, you can find Living the Gimmick, a pro wrestling podcast, on social media at the LTG podcast. And that drops every single Tuesday morning on whatever streaming device or platform that you may use. That is awesome. Once again, John Alba, we do appreciate you taking time and we will reach back out to you as this story develops. We appreciate your time, sir. Thank you, Mike. All right, there it is. You have now heard the interview with reporter John Alba, who has been monitoring this story. Love to know what your thoughts are about this. Also, we are going to be having a post-interview show where myself and Josh Chernoff and Chad from the two-man power trip Empire are going to be discussing all of these things in depth, the WWE timeline, what's going on, coronavirus, and how the wrestling world will forever be changed when everything goes back to normal, if there is such thing as normal after all of this is said and done. Don't miss that. That's going to be coming out later today. Look for the post-interview show that uh, we had conducted earlier on. Do you feel like this is something that is maybe being looked at too much? Do you think it's something that is not being looked at enough? What are your thoughts on the WWE situation? Love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. Obviously, please share your comments. Let us know. And uh, your voice is always respected here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for right now, but we will catch you next time. The world of NLW Radio never stops.